How's everyone doing? One of your kids left a bunch of junk up here. <laughs> While I'm thinking about it, um, we have some, uh, after the service, we'd ask that you'd come over to the fellowship hall and uh, do some donut eating and grapes and some other nice stuff. Uh, just spent some time together, fellowship, nothing uh, planned or anything other than uh, just having a good time. Uh, I, we can't eat all those donuts without you, so you're serving us. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. What a blessing to be with all of you. Um, yeah, it just, uh, just thrills my heart as a pastor and um, just as uh, part of God's people, God's work here at Bear Valley Church uh, over the years and just... Uh, this is what we celebrate is not just who we are, in fact, not who we are, but who Christ is and that he rose from the dead on our behalf. And what a great thing. And so uh, we're in the book of Romans. If you turn there in your Bibles, uh, Romans chapter four, uh, exciting times here at Bear Valley Church. We're going through the study of the book of Romans and, and it's been great. Uh, we've really enjoyed what God has been teaching us and I want to encourage you to come back. We're going to end with an amazing passage that I'm going to continue in next week. And so um, if God is prompting your heart to return, um, we'd love to have you here. Um, I, want, I want to tell you that uh, we're not trying to grow a church here in the sense of like bigger, better, whatever. Uh, we're just trying to do God's work and to connect as be his people here on this earth in this time. And if God wants you to be a part of that, we would love it. We'd love it. Uh, there's always more seats. Sometimes they're on the floor, though. Um, so anyways, or in the overflow room. Uh, anyways, uh, oh, us of little faith, we could have built a bigger sanctuary, but we felt like there was a parable about tearing down your barn and building bigger barns or something like that. Anyways, um, Romans chapter 4. We've been looking at the life of Abraham these last couple of weeks, and Abraham, for those of you who don't know, in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, uh, and the Jews in the New Testament, and the Israelites, always looked to Abraham as the father of, of their nation, Father Abraham, and they, they thought he was the greatest, and, and really the start of all that they were, and they always pointed back to Abraham, and we've been learning about him uh, these last few weeks and now uh, it's kind of culminating and turning away from Abraham to us, uh, to the people that are after Abraham. And uh, we have just some exciting words. And it just happened. I didn't plan this or anything. It just happened that we've fallen these verses. And I was excited when I figured it out. Uh, that these are great uh, Resurrection Sunday verses uh, that we could look at. We're in chapter 4, starting at verse 23. It says, but the, but the words... It was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Therefore, uh, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God, thank you for your word. I ask that you, your spirit would teach us now uh, that we would not be um, naive, that we would not be untrained, uh, that we would not be left to our own thoughts and our own ideas, but that we would hear from you now. 
Uh, God, I pray especially for those who um, have not come to faith yet, who walk in darkness, but that they would uh, understand uh, the goodness of the gospel and that you would bring them into the light. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, This morning, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't read the last part that I wanted to. In chapter 5, this is the last part. We'll get to this, and then we'll talk about it again next week. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, I have three words for you that I just want to walk through. The first one is righteousness. The second one is justified. And the third one is peace. Got the whole message right there. Let's close in a word of prayer. Um, No, um, I want to walk through those. So uh, righteousness isn't found in this passage that I just read. But I want to tell you that righteousness is what the previous verses talked about all the time in regards to Abraham. And what it is to be righteous, it is that someone, their life, all that they do, all that they think, all that they say is right with God. And, and, And doesn't that sound good? That God looks upon your life and my life and he looks upon everything that we do and everything that we say and everything, every communication or relationship and he says, that's what I want. Righteousness is a great sounding concept, except for this. In the book of Romans, uh, really, we've been studying it, and it's been great. It's, it's the gospel. It's good news. Um, and the first couple of chapters, I would even say the first three chapters, we're in chapter four. The first three chapters, you know what it talks about? It talks about how we're sinners. How we're sinners. And, and, and who's a sinner? Well, it starts off talking about that everyone who's really not a Jew, kind of those people that are out there who don't know anything, that they're sinners. Maybe that's you today. You, you got, you know, you're here today because it's kind of like the rescue mission in your house, in your family. You have to go to church before you can eat dinner. You know, it's one of those things. It's a, it's a package deal, right? You know, uh, they didn't say we're going to eat first and then go to church because they thought you would dip out, right? Um, but but this, this idea that... that um, what was I talking about? I started talking about lunch. I got it. I got it. I got it. Really, I got it. Righteousness. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, anyways, Abraham. Abraham. The Old Testament. It, it, it's hard for us to imagine, and it was definitely hard for the Jews to imagine. Abraham was like some of you talk about your your mom or your dad or your grandparents. They're, they were just perfect. They were just perfect. Grandma never said an unkind word to anybody. She never raised her voice, and she was so sweet and generous and kind. She never had a bad thought or a bad word. And, and, and everyone who knew her when she was young go, what are you talking <laughs> Who are you talking about? You know? I, 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 that was Abraham. And, and when it comes to those first couple of chapters, that's where I was going, first couple of chapters of Romans, sin, sin for everyone. And then there was the Jews. Ooh, Ten Commandments, we've followed the law, we know, we're God's special people. And God comes away from that and says, you're Jewish sinners. 
is what you are. You're just Jewish sinners. That's, that's all you are. There's non-Jewish sinners and there's Jewish sinners. And then if we didn't get it, in chapter 3 it says, there is none righteous. No, not one. And you look at that and you go, none are righteous? That's a problem. And, and, and some of you who haven't been with the study, you're going, how is that? You said it was gospel. Gospel means good news. How is that good news? How is that good news? Well, uh, uh, a half step on that is that it's true. It's true, right? Because you don't want to be living a lie, right? You, you don't want to be thinking something that's not right. Even if it's like comforting to you and makes you feel the warm fuzzies inside. If it's not true, it's not good for you. I want to I get this. Righteousness, righteousness is the first concept that is important as we connect to Abraham's life. And Abraham was not righteous. He wasn't. But this last section that we went over the last couple of weeks uses this phrase, but it was counted to him as righteousness. It's counted to him. And that idea of it's counted to him, it, it, it acknowledges Abraham wasn't righteous. It, he wasn't. But it was counted to him as righteousness. It was like he was righteous. Why? It was his faith. And when, when I say faith, and when the Bible acknowledges faith, it's not just thinking. I put my faith. It's not just like little boys do when they put their Superman cape on and they go, I am Superman. And in previous generations, they would say, I can leap tall buildings with a single bound. You know, that, that, that idea that I can do stuff because I'm Superman. I'm really not. I just have a cape. My grandparents bought it for me to torture their kids with me. Um, this picture is that it was counted to him. It, it was not because of faith that was just in whatever, it was faith in God, knowing that what he said was true. And in a similar sense, we now come to Abraham, we go away from Abraham, and we go to ourselves. Look at verse 23, it says, but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone. Who's his? Abraham. It wasn't just for Abraham. It wasn't just for him. He goes on to say, it wasn't for his sake alone, but for ours also. This morning, it's so great to see you all here. It's so great to see you. This morning, God brought you here that you might know that you're not righteous. You're in good company. Abraham wasn't righteous either. Okay? Abraham and you aren't righteous, and me, and all the rest, rest of the people around you, your grandma. Um, Abraham, not righteous, but there was this other way, this other way, faith in God and his plan. It was counted to him as righteousness. And so this idea of it's counted to, we come to verse 23, it says it was counted to him. We're not written for his sake alone, but also for ours. And it says this, it will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. This is so great because it shares with us there is a way for the righteous. Oh, no, there are no righteous. For the unrighteous, there's a way for the unrighteous to be counted as righteous. 
How is that? How is that? That we would trust in God. And what was God's plan, the Father's plan? It was Jesus Christ, our Lord. That was the plan. How can you become righteous when you're not righteous? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the only way. He, go, he goes on, and he's just reiterating this, but uh, as you look down at verse 23, it recounted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. His death, his burial, and his resurrection we see in this passage. This is what we trust in. This is the message of the gospel for sinners like us. Those who are unrighteous, this is how we become righteous because of what Jesus did on the cross and him being raised from the dead, being raised from the dead. The first word is righteous. And I just want to tell you, his resurrection, that was the plan of God, the plan for your righteousness. Secondly, the word justified, justified. The idea of justified is to be made right. And it's so great because we've already, uh, in the previous verses, we've looked at righteousness and we go, we're not righteous. We're not righteous. That word's a problem. That word is a problem. Righteous is a problem. Not for God. He is righteous. But for us, because we're unrighteous. The word justified. Oh, man, it's great. Because it looks at those who are unrighteous, how they become right with God. How can those who are sinners become right with God? They need to be justified. If you look down at, at, at verse 25. Raise, uh, 24 says, In him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. Verse 25. Who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. If you think about it, as I think about sin, and this is so important that we think about sin. I know, I know most of us don't like thinking about sin, but uh, get in touch with that which is true, okay? Acknowledge that which is, which is true. I know we have some young people here today. And uh, you, you think about, you know, have you sinned? And, and when I say, have you sinned, have you done something that God uh, said not to do? H- have you done that? And you say, well, I don't know, I'm a pretty good kid. Oh, you are? Well, what do you do when you're alone? What do you do when you're alone? Or maybe with, with the other kids, when mom and dad are jabbering in the kitchen. What, do you, what are you doing in the back room? What are you doing when you're on your tablet? What are, you, what are the things that you're doing and saying and how are you treating? And, and you think about this and you go, oh, there's some ugly things I've done. Yeah, they are. They're sins. And, and you, those of you who are high school and middle schoolers, how about you? What are you doing? Some of you, some of you high schoolers, man, you get to go to the big city every once in a while. Bakersfield. <laughs> Super exciting. Or maybe you get to go to Palmdale, you know. Living the dream. What are you doing? What are you talking about? What are you listening to? What are the thoughts that you have? What are your desires? Are they pleasing to God? If they're not, they're sins. Don't worry, kids. We'll get to your parents here in a minute, okay? 
I want to tell you, those of you who are in college, you go away, you know, you, you go conquer the world outside of Tehachapi, and you go to the place where nobody knows you. And you say, well, no one's going to see what I do. No, nobody here, like, no one's going to find out about this back home. But what about your relationship with God? What about the things that you're doing? And I, I want to tell you, if they're not what he desires for you, they're sin. And you say, Pastor, when's the good news coming? You keep hiring, I'm telling you, this is good news for sinners. That's the truth about us. I want to tell you, some of you adults, you, you, you look back or you, you're still struggling and you're, now you're parenting and you see your own selfishness because God reveals it to you and your kids, right? And then you, you look over and those of us who are older, you, you think about your life and you go, shouldn't I be over this by now? I want to tell you, it all reminds us of our own sinfulness, right? And you say, well, why is this good news? I want to tell you it is good news because it's true that we are sinners. But the second part, the important part of the good news is there's a remedy for our situation. There's a way out of this. And, and did you see it? It's in verse 25. Who was delivered up for our trespasses. Let's, let's start right there, the trespasses. The, the idea of trespasses are the things that we go outside of what God wanted us to do. We go off the path, right? That's the idea. We, we got out of the circle that he told us to stay in, and, and we've done our own thing. And, and you, you know about doing your own thing. We're fiercely independent, and we have this idea that I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to think my own thoughts. I'm, you know, I, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you can, but that doesn't mean it's right in the eyes of God. And you say, well, I don't care what God thinks. You know what you've done right there? You've said, I'll be my own God. And what a sin that is. The God of the universe loves you so much, created you. You say you're going to do your own thing. You're saying you're going to be your own God. I want to encourage you. This is so great. It says that he was delivered up for our trespasses. The idea of delivered up and I, I think that you could look through the, uh, really the Passion Week and all, all the things leading up to the cross, and in some ways you can say Jesus was arrested, he was incarcerated, he was put on trial, he was nailed to the cross, and he died a criminal's death. That happened at the hands of the Romans and the Jews too, but like, it happened like any other criminal. That's how he was delivered up, and I, I want to say, well, kind of. Kind of. There's points and times in there where Jesus shows himself. He says, I don't have to go through with this. This isn't about uh, these guards or how many you got here. I could have the angels come down and stop this. The idea that he was delivered up, it was the plan of the Father. The plan of the Father, he delivered up his own son. You, You think about that. Those of you who are fathers here, Think of your own children, how much you love them. And the idea of giving up your son for the world, that's a big deal, right? It's a heavy price. It says that God loved us so much that he did that. And, and this is the picture. He says that he was delivered up, our trespasses. And, and, and even as you look at this passage, you say, well, why? Um, how was he delivered up? What was it that drove Jesus to the cross? 
It was my sins. It was my sins. And don't count yourself out in this, too. It was your sins. The, the, the reason that Jesus had to die was because of sinners like me and you. And you say, boy, this is... It, uh, Friday, we celebrated, and what a funny thing to say, we celebrated Good Friday here, uh, service here. We just talked about the cross and our sins, and you say, well, how's a Good Friday? You think about how funny that is, right? How ironic. What if you were to pass away, and uh, we all gathered here in this place, and we had a service, and we're going to call it, uh, this is a, a good memorial service, because we're glad you're dead. What a thing, Right? But the powerful picture of Friday was that Jesus died for sinners, and it was us. It was us. Make it personal, it was me. Jesus died for sinners. He was delivered up. He experienced the criminal penalty for us. And and I I want to tell you this. Some people... uh, there's more to it than just the pain of the cross. Make, Make sure you don't stop at the pain of the cross. Sometimes we, we get all into the idea of, I wonder what it was like to be nailed to the cross and what that would have felt like and the blood, you know, and, and we get into the physical pain, but, but you look upon the cross and you realize that the physical pain was just the intro to the wrath of God poured out on him. The penalty that was designed for me was inflicted upon Jesus as he went to the cross. It says he was delivered up for our trespasses. And then what does it say? He was raised for our justification. What's the word justification? It's taking unrighteous people, unrighteous people, and making them right so that they could be counted to them as righteousness. How is that done? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things that connect in the Bible about the resurrection, but in this passage right here, it, it points to the justification for you and for me. It, it's the idea of he made you right. He took that which is dirty and that which is uh, you know, unrighteous and not, not in right standing with God. He took that person and because of his death and his resurrection, he justified them, made them right before God. Now, those are some theological terms, and as Paul does a lot in the book of Romans, um, and there's other writings as well, but especially in the book of Romans, there's some very famous ones. In chapter 5, verse 1, and we're going to talk about, we're going to start this place next week, and so you're going to want to come if you're around, because it's just a great passage and so much to be talked about. It says, therefore... Since we have been justified by faith, okay, since, since that happened, his death and his resurrection, and by believing, placing our faith in what Christ did on the cross, his resurrection, because we, like Abraham, weren't righteous, but we placed our faith in God's plan, Jesus, right? We did that. Uh, what is it? Uh, chapter 5. Therefore, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God. Now, I want to tell you that word peace 
is not a word of feelings. Some of you have a lot of feelings. A lot of them. You feel about everything. You, you, you watch a movie and, and you know it's fake, but the tears are just running down your face and those godless commies from Hollywood are saying things and you go, no, they're nice people. They said it in that movie. It was just such a beautiful story. I just started crying. You have feelings. And, 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 and you, you think that your feelings can be trusted. And I think my feelings can be trusted. I think I know stuff. And you say, well, in fact, I, you know, one of the reasons we, we live in California, maybe the only one, um, but it's beautiful, right? And, 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 and you go to the ocean and you just go, oh, I just feel so good being at the ocean. And I feel so peaceful and just, just peace. And I just love it in the sun. And I look around, I live in this beautiful place in the mountains and you know, the poppies are coming out. I just feel so peaceful. And I go to Yosemite and it's beautiful. And I feel so peaceful. And I'm just peaceful. And, and you, you think it's a feeling. I want to tell you, in this passage, this is not a feeling. It's a fact. It's a fact. That, that the problems that you had with God, and I would say this, God had with you. Not, not that God is some, like, you know, he holds grudges and this and that, but a holy God uh, was holding his, your sins against you, and rightly so, rightly so. You were unrighteous. He was holy. I want to tell you that this is a verdict in chapter 5, that the war's over, the war's over. That there is peace between you and God. There's peace between you and God. It's a fact. It's not a feeling. It's a fact. It's true when you wake up in the morning. If you've trusted in Christ, you're right with him. You're righteous before him. It's counted to you as righteousness. As you go to bed at night, even though uh, you failed him over and over again, because of your trusting and your faith in him, believing in him, you're right with him. There's peace between you and God. Now, did you get it that this is not a feeling? Did you get it? Nod your head, please, if you got it. Okay. It's not a feeling. But I want to say this. But oh, what a feeling (laughs) to be at peace with God. I I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this. So it's so great because the guilt of our sin is heavy. It's heavy, right? Right? We know we're wrong with God. We know we've done things, and and there's a burden to that. But to know for a fact that we are at peace with God because of what Christ did on the cross, his resurrection justified us, made us right. I want to tell you, oh, what a feeling to know that you're truly at peace with God, to know that you know him. The world may be wrong, and it is wrong, and it is wrong. But to know that you're at peace with God, the most important thing in the world. Just want to bring one last, bring this to conclusion. And it's the gospel. I know some of you here today, you'd say, I don't believe in God. 
I don't believe in God. I would ask you, what do you mean you don't believe in God? Do you believe that he doesn't exist? I don't believe that he exists. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You just don't want to listen to him, right? And that's fine. That's your prerogative. God God has given you that that opportunity to reject him. But I want to say, why? Why? You you say, I I don't believe in God. I, I know. You want to be your own God. But, but I want to tell you why. How's that working out for you, by the way? Right? It's not going very well. Maybe you say to yourself, well, Jesus was just a man. Why do you say that? Read the accounts of him. And you say, oh, in the Bible? Yeah, in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you know what those guys were? They were guys. That God inspired to write a history about Jesus. And think about the stories that he, he, they told about Jesus, that everywhere he went, he was different. Why was he different? Because he was Jesus. He was God come in the flesh. And he did miracles, and others couldn't do those miracles. And he did teaching, and it was like none they'd ever heard. It was like uh, someone with authority. Why? Because he was God. And then you think about the cross and how that, all those things went together and the, the miracles that happened. And then he goes to the cross, he dies. And even the, the uh, magnificent things of the cross and what happened in the temple and his resurrection, and you look at all that, and they, it marked people. Why? Because he was different. He, Jesus was not just a man. You may think he was, but on further inspection, I think you'll see he was not just a man. Well, you say, well, I don't believe the Bible. Why? Because you've read it from cover to cover? Because you've listened to it? Tried to understand it? And you said, oh, I don't believe it. Just a man-made book. It's written by men. Men decided which book. Uh, uh, Yeah, all that stuff. God wrote a book through men. It's like no other book. He inspired men to write a book, and he made sure that they wrote what he wanted them to. Maybe you even have a problem with the resurrection, just what we're celebrating here today. No one can rise from the dead. Once you're dead, you're dead. Once a doctor says you're dead, you're dead. I would say, yeah, I agree. I totally agree, especially after three days, right? Three days is a big day. It's not just, you know, thought they were dead and they were kind of dead. It was dead, you know? I want to tell you, think about it. Read about it. Study it. The resurrection was a fact to God's people of the day. And as we move on, it has shown itself out that we are here many years later. We're celebrating the resurrection. Why? Because we're crazy? No. Because we trust in Jesus Christ, the the God who became flesh. I want to encourage you not to limit what you believe about God to our tiny little brains. Some of you didn't like when I said tiny right there, right? They're huge. Our brains are huge compared to my chickens. (laughs) But compared to God, our brains are tiny. And the idea of limiting what we can understand that, that this would be our God, I want to tell you that's not a good move. It's not a good move for us. I'll end with saying this. God wrote in his word that you were created in his image by him. 
created in his image by him. God also told us that he loved us so much. He loved us so much. And he showed it by sending his son. Sending his son on a mission, his, his plan of redemption. What it was it? That Jesus live a perfect life and then he'd go to the cross. Why? For our trespasses, right? We looked at it already. Rose from the dead. Why? So that we would be justified. Those who are unrighteous would be justified. And he said that this was his plan. Jesus died, he rose again. And if we would believe in him, trusting in him, the plan of the Father, that we would be justified and that we would be saved forever. If you want to hear more about this or you want to talk about it, I'll be up here afterwards. I'd love to talk with you or pray with you. Uh, Whatever's going on, I'd love to visit with you for a moment. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for each one here, the families represented. God, I ask that um, this message, your word, would mark our hearts, that we would be fixated on the good news of the gospel, that sinners can be, though unrighteous, can be righteous, can be counted as righteous, just as Abraham put our faith in, in, in God, your plan, your plan of your son Jesus. God, help us to cling to this, not to our own thoughts. Glorify yourself here at Bear Valley Church, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.